0: اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما و يقول الله سبحانه اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَلْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَّا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدَّ وَيَقُولُ اللَّهِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ My brothers and sisters in Islam, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاتهم after praising Allah and sending the prayers of Allah and His blessings upon the Messenger and unto all of those who follow Him in righteousness, till the last hour, unto His family and unto His companions. We recited verses from the Qur'an that talk about taqwa which is being continuously conscious and aware of Allah's presence wherever you are, when you are alone. Fear Allah in every case. And do not allow your tongues to say anything but the truth. The truth is the Qur'an, the kitabullah of Allah, the The Qur'an is the book of Allah and the sunnah of His Messenger Everything other than that is just words of man. Words of man. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be continuously conscious of His presence in every situation and know at the same time what, count what you have done for your tomorrow, for tomorrow. What have, what, what have you prepared for tomorrow, meaning for the hereafter, for your death. What اللَّهِ And fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who shall judge you. The one who shall judge you about your kinship, your, your relationship with your relatives and your cousins. The ones who share the womb, they are extremely important that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions them with taqwa in the Qur'an. And he makes a special verse in his words. After saying this my brothers, after saying this brothers and sisters I would like to now move on to our daras for today inshaAllah, I would like to say the for today, Amr. Before I begin I'd like to make two points. Last week and the week before, we spoke about some serious, well sensitive issues. We spoke about blind following and bid'ah, which are innovations. For some reason we find that a lot of people, many of the Muslims today and a little bit in the past, find it very hard to listen to topics like this. I really do not know why, Wallahi l-Azim. If a person is sincere for the sake of Allah, is sincere in their heart, and only wants to please Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and they only follow the evidence that's clear and they reject that which is not clear I mean, they're, not, they're not obliged to listen to me for example if the evidence is there and they want Allah and they want the Messenger وسلم, they should not find any uh, unease any uh, discomfort from listening to something so critical that is actually part of the cell of our aqidah of our belief, of our faith and that is not to invent new things in the religion and not to, blow, not, to follow, not to follow blindly single individuals or single groups just because they are that group or he is that person. We follow evidence, ya khuan. Without it, Allah, the ummah, yani, without it, there will be no one on the right track, nobody. We'll all be worshipping each other. There will be people who are giving fatwas out of fabricated information which they make up. We would not accept anything unless it goes back to the same streamline back to the Prophet and this is the aqidah, the faith of every Muslim. Whether you are a long Muslim, whether you are not born a Muslim, whether you are revert, whether you are whatever, you are a Muslim and it applies to us from the beginning. And even from the Prophet Allah says in the Quran, وَلَوْ تَقَوَّلَ عَلَيْنَا أَبَعْضَ الْأَقَاوِيلِ لَأَخَذْنَا مِنْهُ بِالْيَمِينِ ثُمَّ لَقَطَعْنَا مِنْهُ الْوَتِينِ فَمَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ عَنْهُ حَاجِزِينَ Allah warns the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم from fabricating anything that comes from Allah ﷻ in the Qur'an. He says, and if he were to make up any fabrication of ours, make up any words, بَعْضَ الْأَقَوِيلِ even a few of them, we would have taken him immediately. Meaning Allah would have taken his soul, and then would have cut out his jugular vein. And none of you will be able to prevent us. Allah will punish the Prophet if the Prophet were to make up or fabricate something about Allah, Muhammad So what about us feeble weaklings, who fabricate freely? Because of this uneasiness, we heard some people saying that uh, what we mentioned some examples that was for the first time they ever heard it they said Wallahi in all my life they said I've never heard something like this which is quite natural with this response because if you've been 20 years or 30 years a Muslim it doesn't mean you know or 60 years or 100 years we still have so much to learn about the religion so many new things to learn so many new things to learn about the religion so many things to alter and exchange the important thing is your sincerity there will always be things to alter. There will always be differences of opinion about minor issues. You have to be sincere to Allah and try your best. The clear is clear amongst the Sunnah and Islam. They're very clear. The prayer is clear. The five pillars are clear. The oneness of Allah is clear. The messengers are clear. The Quran is clear. The halal and haram is clear. Between them there are doubtful matters which either the scholars have differed upon or we don't know, have much information about. Then you avoid them. Just avoid them. Or... Follow whichever of the scholars that you honour and respect the most. If the daleel is not clear, yeah, chuan. It's a very simple matter. So these people said, "Well, this is the first time we heard that you're not allowed to raise your hands after the after the farad prayer." Exactly. Because the Prophet did not raise his hand after the farad prayer. Now the onus of proof is on the person who claims that he did. We say he didn't. Well, bring an evidence that he did. Sallallahu alaihi sallam. This is all we're asking. Allah says in the Qur'an وَلَا la مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ Do not follow that which you have no knowledge of. Don't follow it. A brother just now was sitting here telling me someone was arguing with my father for hours about Bukhari and Muslim being unauthentic. I said on what basis is he following this? He said he read a website that says Bukhari and Muslim is fabricated with all these rubbish. Really that is following something which he has no knowledge of. Number one, it's a website. Don't know who. Number two, what evidence is he standing on to say Bukhari and Muslim? Is he more knowledgeable than Imam Ahmad ibn Muhammad, Imam Shafi, Imam ahmad Imam Abu Hanif? Is he more knowledgeable than Ibn Tayman, Ibn al Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani? Is he more knowledgeable than all of those others? Billah! Is he more knowledgeable than, than al nisai or Al-Bayhaq or Abu Dawood or all those others who all rely on Bukhari and Muslim Allah? Is Easy. So they are following fabricated information. And they're following something which they have no knowledge of. Bukhari and Muslim all fabricated, then what are we what do we follow if that's if Bukhari and Muslim, the collectors of hadith, are weak and gone, what have we got to stand on? The Quran alone? Wallahi, that's not enough. It's not enough. Because the Prophet Allah subhanahu wa says in the Quran also what the Messenger came to you with them, follow it. And obviously there's blind following. One more point. Uh, I received information that someone uh, heard me wrong. Uh, claimed that in my first class, I spoke about the amulets, or we call it in Arabic the uh, hijab. In Turkish, you might call it muska. I don't know what you call it in other languages, but it's basically a piece of paper, which or something you put inside of a leather pocket, and you start and you sew it up, and then someone wears it to prevent bad luck or to prevent them from having bad dreams or whatever. You know these types of things. They said that I said it is only a bidah which means an innovation. I in fact said that it is not only a bidah it is a bidah and it is a shirk bidah because there are two types of bidah, two types of innovations. No, no, not good and bad in an innovation, don't wait for that one. There is no good and bad, an innovation is an innovation no matter how big or small it is. You invent it, it's a major sin. But two types of innovations are there are innovations that are shirk and there are innovations that are just sins, not shirk. They are major sins. They are not shirk, right? For example, the person who um, makes congregational dhikr you know, together, as I explained last time, that's a bidah, but it's not a shirk bidah. But a person who wears an amulet or something like that to protect him and writes numbers inside of them and gets a magician to write them—that's a bidah. Yes, it's, an, it's invented in the religion, but also it's shirk. So please whoever said that, correct your information and don't misunderstand us inshaAllah. Return back to the tapes which we have taped and follow it correctly inshaAllah. You will find that we actually said it's bid'ah and shirk at the same time. Well let's come to our topic today. I hope that's all made a little bit clear for those who have been here last week. I thought of taking a break now. We've been speaking about salah, prayer a lot. And there are still more gaps that are left out. Some things. Ask the Shaykh for whatever you need. We're not going to dwell into all the complicated issues. Today I want to take a break before I start on the on the topic of Tawheed, the oneness of Allah, to talk and listen about something which I believe is a major issue in our community. It has caused the breakup of families, the breakup of husband and wife, the breakup of brothers and sisters, the breakup of families and relatives, the breakup of friends. The hatred amongst the Muslims, the splitting into many organizations and sects. They are the result of many sects in the religion. They are the result of people having a bad name, ruining reputations of people, right? Preventing people from getting married or engaged or cutting off an engagement or marriage. Wallahi! Causing a disunity amongst the Muslims, one of the major causes, brothers and sisters, and if you might guess it, it is something called Namima. Namima, translated literally as gossip. Namina means gossip, gossip, gossiping, talk talk talk, false truth, gossip about people and, and spread rumors out, rumors whether they are, whether they are true or false but you just spread about people about, about one another. Today inshallah I want to express the importance and the major prohibition of this in our religion. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who created the male and the female, and the one who knows what the male and the female thinks and does. Allah, the one who fabricated this nafs ourselves, knows what it is capable of doing in good, and knows what it's capable of doing evil. Allah knows what mankind is capable of doing, and so He set boundaries and guidelines in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah. Whatever He commands us to do brothers and sisters, it is only because it is and has to be good for us whether we understand it or not. And whatever Allah prohibits us, it has to be harmful to us whether we understand it or not. A child, a baby, a child who's two, five years, or two or three years old, goes to the drawer and picks out a knife. Does that child know what a knife does? No. Until you guide that child and you tell them, don't touch the knife. The child probably at that stage maybe doesn't understand. You grab a one and a half year old child and and you hit him on the hand for not touching the... He doesn't understand why you hit him. He doesn't understand what is wrong with what he he or she has done. But later on as you explain it, he finds that he can now trust the parent because the parent knows what's harmful to the child and what's beneficial. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his knowledge is endless and unlimited. How can we compare what we feel with what we understand or don't understand to what Allah knows? If Allah prohibits something, why do some Muslims wait until they can understand it or comprehend it before they can prohibit themselves from it? And for example, Allah prohibited uh, the, you know, the, the, the consumption of riba, of usury. Some people don't understand that concept. Why? Why? They say, if you can't give them a proper excuse, like a reasonable, logical excuse, you find that they're heedless with it, they just keep doing it. Ya khayya, a Muslim does not wait for a logical explanation. Our logical explanation is that Allah has prohibited it and He knows that it's harmful to us. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough for a Muslim? Submit. Allah says in the Quran, Alaysa Is Allah not sufficient for His servant? Of course it's enough. Well, if you don't, then there's a problem with your Iman. You have to go and revise what's wrong with your belief in Allah. You have to revise yourself. So Allah has prohibited the gossiping, spreading of rumors whether they are rumors or whether they are true, gossiping and backbiting and slandering uh, without any doubt, without any doubt, without any atom of doubt, it is one of the most grievous sins that a person can get used to and die with. Today inshallah we'll talk about the dangers. We will talk about the different styles of gossiping. How do they occur? Is it only by talking or is there other ways? We will talk about what are the motives that drive people to gossip. Why? Why do people gossip? I will inshallah try to attempt to tell what are the causes of people gossiping, what are the wrong excuses that people give when they gossip, what is our duty when we hear people gossiping, and lastly, what types of gossip are permitted in Islam. These are the things I'm going to talk about to you today Insha'Allah. So let us begin with the definition if you don't know what something means, how are you supposed to know what to do and what not to do with it? First of all, brothers and sisters, there are three definitions you need to learn about gossiping. Three. How many? Salah. Number one, there is a word called backbiting, ghibah, What is it? In Arabic? ghibah or backbiting. Riba is to say the truth. Listen carefully to what we're saying here brothers and sisters, it's important. It's to say the truth about a Muslim behind their back to someone. You say it to someone. And that Muslim whom you spoke about does not like you saying it to anyone. I'll repeat, backbiting gheeba, which is the lowest now, that's the lowest form of gossip. The lowest, is to say the truth about someone who is not present behind their back, you say it to someone else, obviously that someone is a Muslim, and that person whom you gossiped about would not like you to say this about them. To clarify here is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. He once sat with his companions and he said to them, أَتَدْرُونَ مَا said to his companions, do you know what ghiba is? That's how the Prophet ﷺ catches the attention. قَالُوا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَعْلَمُ Allah and His Messenger know this. He said, أَن تَذْكُرَ أَخَاكَ al الْغَيْبِ بِمَا أو oh, كَمَا قَالُ To mention something about your brother or sister in Islam, behind their back something which they hate. They hate you to say. One companion stood up. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, what if what we are saying is true? Huh. So he's a companion who misunderstood the Prophet He said, if it is true, then that is in fact غيبة. غيبة. But if it's false, and that's a biggest sin. That's taan. it's slander, it's slander. And that's a more grievous sin. So it brings us to the second definition of what is involved in gossip. And that is slander, Ya slander slander is not just mere backbiting it is more than that it is backbiting a muslim with something that is not true or it's true but you exaggerate it's true but you exaggerate that's a lie when you exaggerate something it's a lie that's worse than mere no Naam, وَإِن كَانَتْ فِيهِ فَقَدْ The Prophet said that بَهِدْتَ نَعَمْ صَحِيح The Hajj has completed our Hadith and the Prophet said and if what you are saying is true about him then you have also uh, gossiped about him, backbidden him, defamed him. So we're not allowed to defame each other. We have to honor each other. And lastly there is a word called the Namima, and this is what we're talking about. Nameema is a combination of the two. It's a combination of riba and ta'ah, backbiting and slander. Or it's one of one of them, but you exaggerate it and you spread it. You spread it. Every time they can marry your mate, you know someone said it, he said this, or he did that. You know these, that, that couple over there, the husband and wife, I heard about them that this and that. I heard that this husband smacks his wife like this. I heard that this wife says swear words to her husband. I heard this and I heard that. Right? So he spread rumors. This is called billah. What is the ruling? There is no doubt that the scholars are unanimously agreed that Namima and Ghiba are a major sin. Get the book called al kabair Kitab al kabair the book of major sins, and you will find Ghiba as being a major sin. Now, Ghiba is a major sin, Yaakhwa. A person who continuously does it, you die with that, you've died with a major sin. And a major sin is a punishable sin. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says in the Quran: "A'udhu billahi min ash rajeem." Allah says, verily, the believers are brothers and sisters in Islam. We're brothers and sisters, man. We're brothers and sisters. It's a stronger bond than anything in the world. Allah says, فَأَصْلِحُ بَيْنَ أَخَوَيْكُمْ So, reconcile, make the affairs good between your brothers and sisters. Do all the means that would lift them, honor them, uh, praise them, make them look good, put them before you. Reconcile between two that are upset or angry with each other. Reconcile your situation with them, all of it. Don't gossip about them. Then Allah SWT tells us how to also practice this brotherhood. ya أَيُّهَا Allah says, O oh you who believe. So Allah doesn't, Allah is not addressing the Muslims. In general, he's talking about specifically the believers. Because only the believers listen. Only the people with an open heart and a strong faith are the ones who fear Allah and listen to this. Allah says, only the believers are the ones who do these certain actions. Not the general Muslim. The believers, Al-Mu'minun, Ya ayyuha الذين آمنوا. you who believe, who have faith, who have Iman. Maybe the later are better than the former. The latter are better than the former. Meaning those people who are teasing, they could be better than you. And you will slander and tease the people who are better than you. Whether it be male or female. Do not spy on one another. Now here's the verse. (laughs) And do not gossip or backbite one another. Does one of you like to eat the flesh of his brother? Do you want to eat the meat? Would any of us sit there and cut off the meat and the flesh of our brothers and start eating them? Nobody would do that. Allah said Verily you will hate something like that even being mentioned. Imagine cutting off the flesh of your mother and eating her flesh or the flesh of your father and eating or the flesh of your blood brother or blood sister and eating it, or cutting off the flesh of your brother who is next to you and eating it or cutting off the flesh of your Muslim neighbor and eating it cutting off the flesh of a child who you gossiped about and you're eating it and cutting off the flesh of a scholar and the Prophet ﷺ said and the flesh of the scholars are poisonous the flesh of the scholars, of the sheikhs, of the imams, they are poisonous. It's a metaphor. So that even increases it more. If you eat the flesh of the scholar, you spread the poison amongst the Ummah. Because everyone looks up to the scholars. My brothers and sisters in Islam, الله الله The Prophet said, al do you know who the bankrupt person is? Calling Al-Muslimul Alaikumussalam Yeah, neither meaning a, a, a bankrupt person is a person Who has lost all of his wealth He said, la That's not what the muflis is really You're thinking about worldly terms We don't care about the world He said, the bankrupt person is The one who comes on the day of judgment Ya al-qiyam Wa qad وَضَرَبَ هَذَا وَأَخَذَ مَالَ هَذَا وأعتدى على هَذَا وَاسْتَغَابَ هَذَا وَطَعَنَ هَذَا And on, the one who comes on the Day of Judgment and he has harmed such a person, stolen from such a person, backbearing such a person, gossiped about such a person, spread a rumor about such a person, whatever. Then what does Allah do? Then Allah orders to for the وَيَأْتِي and, and you come with Hasanat as far as you can see with your eye. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins to take from your hasanat. And He would give them to whom? To the victim whom you harmed. He would keep giving them according to how much you harmed. Until finally they will have no more hasanat left. Allahu Akbar, once as far as I could see Finally he's bankrupt from hasanat. What happens after that? He still owes such a person So what does Allah do? He has no longer any more hasanat So he takes from the sayyat of the other third, the victim And he starts placing him more on top of your own sayyat And then he is thrown into the fire So the punishment is grievous This means that this sin is a major sin any sin which is major, any, any sin which the Prophet ﷺ says that there was a punishment for it or describes a punishment for it, it means it's a major sin. It means it's a major sin. The Prophet ﷺ once passed by two graves. And the problem, this is a common hadith we know. He passed by two graves, and there were two companions with him. And then they saw the Prophet ﷺ go up to a leaf, and he cut off a little branch, and he placed it on one, and he placed the other piece of branch on the other grave. Ya Rasulullah, why did you do that? He said, إِنَّهُمَّا yani وَمَّا They are being tortured and punished in their grave, but they are not being punished for something which is big. Something which is big meaning that, as the scholars have uh, made us understand, that in our eyes as human beings, we don't see it as a major issue. But it is, they are still being punished, which means in the eyes of Allah it is a major sin. But in our eyes we don't see it as a big thing. Why? What happened? The first one? The first one? What did he do? He never used to wash himself thoroughly after going to, after urinating. So he would pray deliberately while not having washed himself or herself after urinating. And the Prophet said, most of the people of this ummah get punished because of that. Secondly, what about the second grave? He said, the second person He used to walk around spreading namima, gossip and rumors. And he is being punished in his grave. <laughs> I placed this leaf, said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the blessing of my hand, can diminish the adab to diminish until these leaves are gone then the punishment will return. Uh, a little point here, it is not, this does not mean that it is a Sunnah for us to place branches on the graves. The Prophet ﷺ and the scholars tell us about this, that he specifically chose these graves specially. But no other companion did such a thing for any other grave. So the sin is grievous Ya khuan. How many families have disunited? How many relatives don't talk to each other for 10 years Ya khuan? How many best friends have cut up their family, their relationship for 20 years, 30 years? Well, lucky there are so many. And if I sit here starting to tell you, oh, we will not stop tonight. We will not stop. The Prophet وسلم, in his journey in al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, when he travelled in a night journey from Mecca to Al-Quds to Jerusalem. Al-Aqsa and then he did the Mi'raj and then he elevated, Allah elevated him into the heavens, into the sky with Jibreel The Prophet وسلم, saw many things that which he could not understand. Good things and bad things. People being in bliss and people being in punishment. Amongst the people whom he saw in a, in a very ugly and terrifying punishment, he said, I saw a group of people with a hook a large hook, a brass hook. An angel would come and he would place it into one ear, the hook into the ear. And then he would rip the face from one ear to the other ear. The face then after that would return. Then the hook would be placed into the ear again, and they would rip his face to the other ear, from ear to ear, from ear to ear, continuously. I said, Oh Jibreel, man Who are these people? And he said, they are the gossipers, the backbiters. backbipers. الَّذِينَ يَغْتَابُونَ nas and muslimun, The ones who backbite the honor of the Muslims. They gossip, they spread rumors about it. In another hadith you saw people with brass claws ripping at their chest, and some of them eating the flesh. And those were also the gossipers. This is why some scholars say that when you see yourself in your if you have a dream that you are eating meat of people, then it is a warning that you are probably backbiting your Muslim brothers and sisters in Islam. Some scholars gave that we gave that interpretation of that dream. And it makes sense because they're basing on the hadith of the Prophet. This is why some companions, is a particular companion, I think. I think it was Abu that, but Allahu A'lam. Uh, he heard that somebody had gossiped about him. So what did he do? Without him doing anything, he got happy. He got a little basket, and he put some gifts in it. And then he sent it to that person's house. After obviously, after verifying that he did gossip about him, not just by rumors, again, you don't want to spread gossip with gossip. After verifying it, he brought the basket of gifts, he took it with his servant, and he told the servant, go and give it to him and say to him, this is a gift because you have gifted me your hasan. Yes? Now here I'd like to make a little note. Some people, especially amongst those who call themselves practicing Muslims, they read this hadith and they go, wow, this is really good to get back at some people. So they use it. And they use it without even verifying anything and they cause more hatred and more disunity. Like I had one particular person told me, Brother one time you know they sent me a matchbox with a little gift inside of it and and the letter read "Um, This is your gift and I thank you for gifting me your hasanat. SubhanAllah. First of all it was a lie and there were just rumors and no one verified anything. And it just caused more hatred and more gossip. So you need to verify. Allah says in the Quran, يَا يَوَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا جَاءَكُمْ فَاسِقٌ بِنَبَئٍ فَتَبَيَّنُوا أَن تُصِيبُوا قَوْمًا بِجَهَانَةً فَتُصْلِحُوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلْتُمْ مَا دِلِينَ you do believe, again addressing the believers, because only the believers listen. Those who don't listen are not believers. Only the believers listen. يَا يَوَّذِينَ آمَنُوا When a corruptor comes to you with the news, as soon as a person comes with a rumor or a news about someone else, Allah considers that person in that situation, even if he's a religious person, in that situation, he's a fasiq. That action is the action of fusq, of corruption. We Muslims should not really spread anything bad about anyone else, even if it's true. بنابة, if he comes to you with a the news, فتبين, then verify it. Verify it. Make sure it's true come and be jahal, because then you will begin to harm some people out of ignorance. And then after you realize that you just harm them in something which is false, and you start regretting what you did. And what are you going to do when you regret? Your reputation will be finished. You are actually harming yourself. You are harming yourself. Allah ta'ala says, وَاللَّهُ يُرِيدُ أَن Allah wants to lessen the burden of us. Allah doesn't want us to fall into holes and dungeons, which we can't climb climb out of. My brothers and sisters, let's move now on to another issue concerning this. Now some people think that gossip and backbiting is just when you talk. You are mistaken. Gossiping and backbiting is not just when you talk, it's even more than that. Listen carefully to how beautiful our religion is, that it never left a stone unturned. Alhamdulillah, it points out all the gaps that we may fall into. Even a person who writes about someone else, such as the media and a newspaper or writing a book about someone, or on the internet, or even when you listen to the gossip and you don't do anything about it, listening. Now, some people think that you're listening, so it's not a problem. Listen to this hadith, which is sahih, about Abu Bakr radiAllahu anhu and Umar radiAllahu anhum. I'm going to use this because they're the best after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Listen to what they did one time. The narrator says they were once on a cavalry, and he was the army on a trip on a certain mission, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam split the army into two or three, as I recall. Abu Bakr and Umar anhu were in charge of one particular group, or two groups, and the Prophet ﷺ was with another group. And they had appointed each person with their own uh, duty. One of those men was the cook, he had to prepare the meal for the soldiers. So they waited for the meal, everyone got hungry, and they noticed that the meal was taking too long. So when they went to search for the cook, they found that he was asleep. Abu Bakr and Umar found him asleep. So one of them, one of them, we don't know who,
1: one of them said to the other one,
0: look at him, he's sleeping as if it, he sleeps as if he's at home." Sent to the Prophet said that he can send us some food. So when the man came back to them after going to the Prophet didn't bring anything with them and he said the Messenger says you've already eaten, there's no need to eat. Allah and Umar said whatever, we've eaten nothing. So they went to the Messenger disturbed. Ya Rasulullah, we didn't eat anything. He said you have eaten the flesh of your brother. That person whom you said he sleeps as if he's at home. You've eaten his flesh. In another hadith he says, I can still see the flesh between your teeth. He said that also to other people. You know what they said to him? They said, Ya Rasulullah istaghfir lana and ask Allah to forgive us. He said اسْأَلُ أَخُوكُمْ أَن يَسْتَغْفِرَ لكم. Don't ask me. Ask your brother who you who you gossiped about to forgive you and ask Allah to forgive you, not me. Allahu Akbar. Not even the Prophet could intercept for such a thing. Ask your brother to ask Allah to forgive you. And it's something very simple, huh? he slips as if he's a... How many of us say that? Ah, he takes <laughs> too long in the shower. MashaAllah, he's been an hour in the toilet. SubhanAllah, he concentrates on his hair for like an hour. You know, so and so of a brother, subhanAllah, you know, I mean, when he walks, he walks uh, with a limp. Uh, you yeah, know, such a sister such a sister she uh, you know she did such a sin yeah and we keep gossiping and talking very simple things look how he does his hair huh? look how he looks straight at him they wink even winking is a gossip yafway. wallahi even a signal is a gossip listen to this the Prophet we know all know that he was married to several wives one time one of the Prophet Sallallahu wives, I think it was Sophia, radiAllahu anha, because she was short. She came past and Aisha radiAllahu Alaihi has a bit of jealousy. So as she came past, she signalled to the Prophet Sallallahu like this, indicating she's short Ya Rasulullah, she's short. You know, look, she's short. In other words, she's short not tall. The Prophet Sallallahu became angry and he said to her, Wallahi لَقَدْ You have said a word, that if it were to be mixed with the with the ocean, it would overwrite its saltiness. It will be saltier than the salty ocean. All of it. Akbar. just by signaling. Winking, signaling. This brings me to imitating. And some people do that for a living. They imitate other people. They imitate their walk. Well, by far, Allah, that imitating is even worse than talking, worse than listening. You know why? Because when you imitate, you clarify the picture even better for the listener. So you make it really understood. Let us now move on to the motives. Why do people gossip, man? I mean, when we know why they gossip, we understand how to avoid it. The first motive for why people actually gossip, the general motive, the general reason, really, Akhwan, it is because of our nafs. You know what this nafs is? وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا And the nafs and how Allah has designed it. He gave it the urge to do evil and He gave it the urge to do good. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا He who purifies it has. وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ And he who obeys it and uses it its desires has defamed it. The nafs All these desires of the nafs are the cause for us backbiting and gossiping. And Allah says in the Qur'an إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِالسُّوءٍ إِلَّا man رَحِمَ رَبِّي وَإِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ رَبِّي إِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ رَبِّي
1: Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, Verily the nafs
0: is a commander of evil. Your nafs will always tell you to do the bad things. That's the inclination of the nafs. It always tells you to do bad things. Talk about such a person. You know, how could he be better than you show off? So it always commands you to do good, to do bad. The first of these motives which I can think of, is revenge. Revenge. People like to gossip about a certain person because they want to get back at them. Wallah, a person may have uh, done something uh, which harmed you one time. And you're sitting in a group and his name is mentioned. So you think to yourself inside, Oh, that guy who did that thing to me, now is my time to get back at him. So, you mention something bad about him. Ya'khwan. Islam is not about revenge, it's about advice. What has backbiting got to do with that revenge? What happened to the ayah when Allah tells us خُذِ عَنِ الْجَاهِلِينَ Forgive and avoid the ignorant people. What happened to the hadith when that poor man came into, the servant came into Muawiyah and was carrying the trade food and he fell into Muawiyah servant says and in the Quran and those who restrain their anger Amin al-Mu'mineen said I've restrained my anger then he said in the Quran and those who forgive people he said I've forgiven you and he said Allahu Allah those who do good things he said go for you are free for the sake of Allah whatever happened to all of that revenge subhanAllah wallahi revenge causes deaths and more hatred the second motive that I could think of was hatred. You hate someone. You hate someone for whatever reason. And so the time comes, and you get the opportunity to gossip about them. Because you want to relieve that hatred. You want to relieve yourself, I want to get it off my chest. Getting something off your chest. Getting something off your chest. And get off your chest. And get more hasanat off your chest as well. Another motive is jealousy. Wallahi you'd be sitting in a gathering and then someone would mention to you a certain person in goodness, they'll say, Wallah, for example, they'll say, Masha'Allah, you know, Ahmed or Fatima, they've got a beautiful voice in the Qur'an, subhanallah. And the other day, you know, you know, I, I admire them for doing because MashaAllah, they you know they're honest people. So you sit there and you're jealous, you think to yourself, the shaitan comes in your start playing, and you say to yourself, Man, how come we are talking about them? You know, I mean like, I know something different about them. Oh, I'm better than them, how come they're talking? So what do they do? They get jealous and they say, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think they're all what you're really thinking. I, mean, I don't think they're all that, as you are claiming them to be. You know, I know that they did such a thing one time. But you ask why do you ruin your reputation of your Muslim? Would you like someone to do that to you? Would you like someone to do that to you? No. So why do you do that to all your brothers and sisters? Have you got lack of humanity? But what is this jealousy? Iblis jealousy against the human being. So we, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala, what did he do? He kicked him out of, the, out of the, the, the rank of the angels. Do you want to be like Iblis? Jealousy? The Prophet SallAllahu Wasallam He said that one of, the, one of the major sins or one of the major influences of the nafs is jealousy, al ghira. Al ghira is only allowed in two situations the leader of the man to his wife or to his arab, to his mother, or to his sister, and vice versa, to a certain point. And when you are jealous of someone's righteousness, well someone's got a lot of knowledge in Islam, someone has got is able to read the Quran, someone is able to give a nice lecture, able to influence people, you are jealous of them, but this type of jealousy is, is not a bad jealousy. It's the jealousy where inside of you you want to be better than them, but at the same time you're happy for what they have. So you actually praise them. But inside of you, you say, I want to work to be better than them. You're jealous that they are closer to Allah in that way. The angels were jealous of Adam السلام, but in the proper way. Until Allah taught them a lesson, they to him. Another motive is showing off of pride. And this is similar to the jealousy. You want to show off. Someone measures someone else good, you want to show yourself off. So we're sitting in a gathering for example, and someone says, well, that such a person is very knowledgeable. And you say, you know, look, but the other day, you know, I've got it recorded here on this tape. <laughs> you know, I heard them say such a thing, such a thing, so don't go around saying he's knowledgeable. Uh, yeah, the knowledgeable, okay, or but they might say, well, MashaAllah, well, yeah, he has got good influence. Don't try to gossip about them yet.
1: Another motive is fitting in.
0: And you're sitting in a group, right? And everybody starts gossiping and entertaining themselves with this gossip. You feel that you're a stranger out of that. You think, man, they're all entertaining themselves. They're going to look at me as something different. So you feel like you want to fit in. So you fit in and you start gossiping like them. Just, to, just for the sake of fitting in. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says in the Quran, وَأَنْ تُدَعَ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ يضلوك عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ If you were to follow the majority of the people on earth, they will lead you astray. And most of them, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says, they are not believers. So if you want to follow the majority and fit in, the Prophet ﷺ says, uh, Whoever imitates a people, then he will be gathered with them on a day of judgment. What do you want more than that? <coughs> Another motive why people like to gossip, uh, especially so now amongst the people who consider themselves practicing. You see a person doing a sin, so you get angry. Why is he doing a sin? So what do they do? They start talking about him. Say, man, Wallah, I'm sick and tired of seeing you know, people doing sins. Such a person the other day did this sin. He looked at a rude thing, or he spoke to this girl. Wallah, this is haram, gos- this is gossiping, this is, gos- is backward. Who is there of us who is free of sins? Who? Huh? The Prophet ﷺ said, All of the sons of Adam make mistakes. Who is free? Are you free? So why are you gossiping about You should rather go and take them aside and advise them in the in the proper way and say, My brother Wallahi, Allah, and the only reason why I want to advise you like this is because I care for you. And you say nice words. Why should you go and gossip and consider yourself religious and practicing by doing that? Okay, it's good to get angry you know, about sins when you see it. But by you gossiping is a bigger sin. Hmm. And if you do a sin and someone talks about you, are you happy with it? And you're not free of sins? Prophet uh, said, the way you treat us is the way you're going to get treated. Another motive is just plain boredom and entertainment. <laughs> you just want to entertain yourself. You want to board. You're, you're bored so you think the most entertaining thing, and this is quite common, husband and wife get together and they're bored and then they talk about people family gets together, they're bored, they talk about it, but you get come to a gathering of a dinner or a barbecue amongst the family oh this is the best time to talk about your auntie and your um, and your uncle's son and your first cousin and so on so this is wallahi one of the bad motives. boredom is one of and you should make an alternative and read the Qur'an and talk about Allah, well, there are many things you can do and some people like to gossip about other brothers and sisters good effort you see someone a group of sisters or a group of brothers who alhamdulillah initiating an activity, uh, a project, going ahead with making dawah for example. You sit there and you think, well you're not doing anything so what do you do? You try to start to defend, to gossip about them. <coughs> oh how often this is done over here, ya You see someone doing a good work and you just want to ruin them. Just for the sake of ruining them, you're jealous of them. Rather than assisting them, rather than gossiping about them and, and defending, you should assist them, Ya Akhwan. Allah SWT says in the Quran, Help each other on doing good to others and fearing Allah. And do not assist and help each other on bad sins and enmity and uh, starting wars with others and disobeying the messenger. Some of the causes why people get find themselves gossiping is number one, the bad company. You might have a bad company khwah, and sometimes a person has a bad company, they begin to inherit their traits. Number two, lack of knowledge or lack of care to what Allah has to say. You're not, you're, you've are not you. got, you know, like for example some people they think that gossiping if it's true about another person you're allowed to say it. That's lack of knowledge. Some people they know it's haram but they're just sick and tired of following all the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they're, they're heedless in Allah's rules. This is a major sin one, that. Or another cause is the environment you're living. Wallah, you're brought up in a family that gossips a lot. You inherit that trait. Or uh, your parents or the elders. You know, they talk in front of you, say, inherit it as you're young. And you have to re-establish your iman and be conscious and aware and take hold of yourself and say, these are bad, I must avoid them. Like Ibrahim, السلام, he advised his father and avoided the worshipping of statues. Now, here are some excuses that people give. When you catch someone on the spot, you're sitting in a little group and someone gossips about someone. So then, brother, this is haram. What do they use? They say, well, he spoke about me. He spoke about me, I'm going to speak about him. Allah says this in the Quran: Do not, do not meet a sin with another sin. What should you do? Yani if he, if he gave you his hasanat, or if he caused himself to be punished in the hereafter, why do you want And you don't like him, and he's and you hate him, and you're, you're, you're upset. Why do you want to still accompany them in the hereafter in their punishment? Why? Yani he spoke about you. Like if he spoke about you, give him a gift because he's given you a hasanat. If you believe in Allah, another excuse they use: oh, "We're just having fun, man. Don't get serious on us. We're just having fun, having fun." You know how many people have had fun and caused Allah Al Azeem have caused uh, divorces between husband and wife, children running away from homes because of that fun. Allah's Prophet said, "A person may say a word, not caring about it, will make them fun to hellfire seventy seasons." Some other excuses. Here's a common one, you like this one. You hear someone talking about someone and say, brother, why are you talking about them? They say, I'll say it to his face. I'll say it to his face. So what? He's saying, so is he's allowed to gossip. Yeah, I think. If you'll say it to his face, then why are you saying it behind his back? Go and say it to his face, but don't say it behind his back. If you're so courageous to say it in his face, say it in his face. So, yeah, what's It's contradictory. I'll oh, say it to his face. i say it to him. If they say it to his face, don't say it to us, because we're listening and we've shared that gossip with you. Say it to his face. Another one. Don't worry. It's just my brother. It's just my sister. It's from my mother and father. I'm allowed to gossip about my brother and sister. Subhanallah. They have a stronger bond than the normal brothers and sisters in Islam. So why should you gossip about your flesh and blood? <laughs> Ruin their reputation by ruining yours as one of my my uncle once gave me this example he said, look when you gossip about your own family it's like putting your head up and then spinning where does the spin come back? (laughs) Anyway, it comes back into your face some of them they say, oh it's just a kid where in the sunnah did I ever allow you to gossip about children? where in the sunnah did I ever exempt you from gossiping about sunnah? when you said gossip it's about every Muslim especially the children why gossip about the kids? You know sometimes when you gossip about the kids, the parents take offense and it's as if you're talking about the mother or father. Oh look how dirty his face is, oh how cute. It's as if you're saying, oh how cute mother, how, oh how cute you make your son dirty. The mother's going to take offense and she's going to hate you. Uh, another excuse they use. Man, I didn't say anything, I was just listening. I I've got nothing to do with it. Listening? Listening is part of it. That means you're like, you listen. why don't you do anything about it if you don't like or you're not part of it, huh? What is our duty therefore in Islam? My brothers and sisters, our duty number one, if we hear a person who is gossiping, is to warn the gossiper of the command of Allah and the punishment of Allah. We must, you're in a group, you have to speak out, you can't let them go away. You say to them, Ya Akhi, Ya this is haram. This is haram, Allah has said this and that. If they ignore you, then you have to defend that victim. You say, "No, that victim I know so many good things about him." And if they still don't listen to you, then you must leave the gathering. Allah says this in the Quran: "Hatta fi You have to leave the gathering until they go into a different discussion altogether. This is a must. So, what do you do if you've gossiped about someone in the past? Number one, you have to try to ask them for forgiveness. Now, if you are unable to ask them for, if you think that this is going to escalate things even more, then the scholars said that you must undo the harm which you have done. First of all undo it. So for example go back to that group and say to them what I said is, is, is not right and you should start to build the reputation of the person whom you victimized. So you will say good things about them which inshallah should cover up for what you have done. Brothers, lastly inshaAllah, and I conclude with this, please pay attention before the event. What kind of gossip is permitted in Islam? What kind of gossip is permitted in Islam? There are seven, and some scholars put them into six. Ibn Al-Qayyim put them into seven. And this is what I read from him. Number one, the first uh, permission where it is allowed for us to gossip about someone, to backbite someone else not gossip sorry, backbite, talk about them in, behind their backs about something which is true is when you are seeking a fatwa and you come to the scholar and by the way when you are seeking a fatwa you are not allowed to ask any person This is specifically to the scholar, or to the person endued with knowledge. Can't go and tell other people. Only the person endued with knowledge. And you ask him for example, Wallah ya Shaykh, if a person did this to me, what should I do? He'll give you a general answer. You might want to have a specific answer that relates to family. So you say, my father, or my brother, or my son, he did such a thing. Here you are allowed, but you must understand your intention is for what? is not to gossip your intention is in order to reconcile and to solve a matter islamically for example the other day a brother said to me brother look you know my father is forcing me to go to the bank to consume riba what am I to do? so it's in order to get closer to Allah this is why gossiping with a fatwa is allowed that's why number two identity identity you forget a person's name And you want to say something good about them. So you come to your friend and say brother, SubhanAllah, there's this brother, uh, he said something really good. What's his name? What's his name? SubhanAllah, I can't remember his name. Brother, you might know him, uh, he's the person that limps a bit. You know, limps, has a bit of a limp. You've gossiped about him. But this type of gossip is allowed in stand because your intention is to just identify. And you say it loosely. Or the person who has a problem with his eye, brother, you know. Or the brother who's a bit bold. You know? Now you use these expressions loosely and carefully and just so that the person will know who you are talking about in necessity. You have to be careful then. You are allowed to gossip in marriage purposes. I mean you want to get married to a certain sister or a certain brother. You want to know some things about them because obviously you are going to go into a life with them. So you go to somebody, now who do you go to? There are specific people. You're only allowed to go with someone who is related to this situation. Someone who is involved without exaggerating the, the, the gossip and without using it as an opportunity for you to get back at someone. So you're allowed to go and ask someone and then that person can tell you. For example, well, you know, I'm thinking about a certain sister for marriage, brother I heard that you, or sister I heard that you might know some things about her and she says or he says for example well you know look uh, what i know about them is that you know they they smoke or they um you know they go out to parties or you know they watch certain magazines or something like that you know or they lie a lot you're allowed to say these things but you're not allowed to exaggerate them you have to be careful with that Now, another type of way permissible is when you are talking about an open sinner. And if somebody who does their sin in open and doesn't care, smokes in open, drinks in open, swears in open, a sinner in open, careful, not a sinner in secret. Ya Akhwan, everybody sins. But an open sinner is the one who has just exposed himself. And I laughed at it, some people they come and they try to show off in front of their friends, they say, you know what man, the other day I went out with this girl and we did this and we did that oh look I got her number and he feels like he's a man now. he's done something courageous or something but really he's just defamed himself and he's an open sinner uh, this is especially when you want to warn someone from walking with this particular person you know such a person goes out to nightclubs or you know a person has got a very bad habit uh, which is you know he usually does so you want to warn that particular person Ibn Al-Qayyim put that as, a, as another, uh, another reason but i now included in this open sinner person. You want to warn. You want to warn Baha from walking with the you know a certain person with Ali because Ali Mussell I saw Ali, he likes going out with girls, he likes talking here, he likes he drinks. You know what I mean? So you're allowed to do something like that in open. When you want to warn him, you know something specific about that person. Let's say you know a certain sin, which he does as a habit. And probably not people don't know about, it. but you have to come up to the and, uh, and warn him, for example, say, look, I know you're accompanying him, but I fear that you might carry this trait. This person gossips a lot, for example. Don't be careful of him. You want to warn someone from a business partnership. Well, brother brother Khalid over here wants to go into a partnership with a certain person, and I know him. He comes up to me and says, brother, look, I want to go into a partnership with him. What do you think? Is he an honest person? Is he a person who I can deal with? And I am allowed to tell him, Look, brother, he is a good and honest person, or I'm allowed to say, Look, brother, he's known to be a dishonest person, so avoid him. And this is allowed over here. And lastly, one who is serving the public, Muslims or whatever, and he betrays or she betrays their duty. For example, you know, you're employed by someone and you serve the public, you have a particular duty. And you are not doing your duty. Then you are allowed to gossip about them. But who do you gossip to? Not just any person. You gossip to the authority, the people who have employed him for example, or to the authority. Or for example, uh, you see your brother or your sister doing something haram or whatever and you need to tell someone, tell your father because he's in authority, tell your mother if she is in authority. So you don't just go and spread it around. You make sure you tell someone who can do something about it, because your intention is not to ruin his reputation, but your intention is to make them better people. So you do it the right way. I hope that is understood, brothers and sisters. The time for the has now come in. Uh, so, inshallah, we'll stop here. I don't like opening uh, the floor for questions and answers. You know, I'm not a mufti, and. Uh, I'd rather leave that for you to ask people with greater knowledge. Inshallah. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.